to hold him up in prayer. And uh, some of us are going to be going out to Ohio to a meeting there with Brother Millard Parks and that church family there. Be praying for us tomorrow around 9 o'clock. We're going to be driving out there about six hours, six and a half hours. Pray for us. Lord, keep us safe on those great highways. I say great very sarcastically. <laughs> Amen. With all those great drivers, same same sarcasm. Amen. But you pray for us. Hallelujah. And, uh, and for a safe trip and for blessings. We can be a blessing and receive a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Ashley, do we have prayer meeting Saturday? No, we don't. <laughs> All right. Just want to double check on that. Romans 10, if you have it, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just these great testimonies tonight. Lord, it's all because of you. Every bit. If there's anything good, Lord, that we have done or we have experienced, Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Lord, we love you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, I ask you to help us today, Lord, in this house that we might hear from you. Lord, I ask for your anointing. I ask for your direction here again today. And, Lord, I pray you just help me. Give me your grace, Lord, that I might just stay out of your way and that, Lord, you would work through these Lord, these few words, God, and that we would have an ear to hear what your spirit would say. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Romans 10, very familiar. A lot of what I'm going to cover here, at least at the very beginning or most of the maybe first half of this is going to be extremely familiar. But we're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, Just going to let you in on that. Praise God. Romans 10 verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? It's going to take faith. It's going to take belief, the kind of belief that the Bible talks about. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? You got to hear about it to believe in it. And how that shall they hear without a preacher? God says he, in the first Corinthians, he chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Hallelujah. And how shall they preach except they be sent? We're not just talking about somebody who just went. We're talking about somebody who's been sent. Amen. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Thank God we understand obedience to the gospel. Faith is going to cause some action, some obedience. Amen. For Isaiah or Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. You can be seated. The whole process of really how we are converted, how God's people become Christians, how we are born again is really outlined here. And uh, we come to uh, God, we come uh, to church or we have before we have uh, that initial kind of uh, experience in God. We, we come with our own set of ideas, our own beliefs. We have faith in something. We put our trust in, in, in who we are, and we have a belief system of why, how the world came into existence. We have a belief system of why we're here today. Your belief system, your worldview, comes down to who you are and what your purpose is. Why you're here and where you are going in your life. You have a belief. It is the God's desire and the job of a preacher to tell you what God says about you. God will tell you through the anointed word of God and that he will tell you who you are and to him. How he has created you and to fulfill a purpose in his kingdom. He will help you see that the gifts and the, of, uh, that he has placed in you and the, the very person, the individual that you are, he's got a plan for you. And how that he will help you overcome all the adversity. A lot of times I've heard people just get bitter and angry with God and 
and say, it's just not fair what he put me, he allowed me to go through. And they blame God for a lot of problems and a lot of things that they had to go through. And, and I'm telling you, I've heard some pretty tough stories, and I'm sure a lot of us have our own story. But can I tell you, when you come to God and he starts to unfold his plan and his purpose in your life, you'll start to realize even those obstacles, even those battles, even that adversity in your life. You know what, God, it, it made me into something, God, that that today without that, I, I could not have the, the strength or the wisdom that I have today. Right. And you'll see that even the problems that you hated so much somehow will work together for good, just like he promised in Romans, the eighth chapter. He, he will tell you through his word what he thinks about you. I've heard people come and say, I, I, I feel like God, or I, I believe that God's against me, or he doesn't love me, or he's, he, he, he must be out to, to get me because of things. And, and the preaching will come forth and say, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth about what he really thinks about you. Let me tell you there's been a, been a lot of things that you've brought on yourself, but God's been there merciful. A lot of ways that the devil will fight you, but God's been there calling you and drawing you to something better. But preaching is God unfolding his heart and his plan and his purpose for you. Now, you have a choice. God's not going to make anybody. He's not a dictator. Like a lot of people seem like they want to be. If God's so good and God's so loving, why does he let people do all these crazy things, these crimes, these travesties that he's allowing? He must not either be all powerful. He must not care. He loves you enough. You know, if he made you, forced you to do good and love him, that's not love. To take away, to rob you of your free will, no matter how wicked people are. We blame God for that. God says, I love you enough to give you free will. And I hate it for you because you're going to see how wicked you can be. You're going to see what kind of thing sin can lead you into. But, but he said, I love you too much to control your mind, to mess with the wiring of your brain and try to make you do things. That's not love. When you remove choice... And free will, that's not love, that's manipulation. So God will unfold and tell you, hey, here's what I think about you. And it's his word is truth. Here's what I, who I am and he'll tell you who you are. And he'll tell you, praise God, what will fulfill you, what will satisfy you. Because I'll tell you, people are looking Looking for love, looking for purpose, looking for meaning. And it could be that's where all that depression comes from. People don't realize just what does it all mean? Just feel so empty, so lost. So God'll tell you. He'll He'll show you if but the Bible says faith comes by hearing. So you'll have a choice to really get the garbage of uh, of all the condemnation and all the things that you've trusted and sin that you believed was going to bring you happiness and it brought bondage and, and, and God tells you, here's where life is. Here's where eternal life is. Here's what satisfaction is all about. And when you hear that, what he does is replace through your choice of hearing that. Say, you know what? That's, that makes sense to me a lot more than the things that have been tearing me down, pulling me down and, Binding my life and you start believing, hey, God, am I really important to you? Do I really have purpose? Does my life really have meaning? Is there is there and you start letting God show you the truth of his word, the truth of of how his creation and and how you fit into all that. That's salvation. That's what it means to be saved. You start believing what God says about you. Say, oh, I've had people tell me I was a loser. I've had family and parents even abuse me or tear me down. And, and you start hearing what God thinks about you. And you say, God, could that be true? You start believing what God thinks about you and what he says about you. And, and you start to take just steps. I, I've had people come to me already. It's kind of it might sound kind of harsh. People can be harsh. 
Say, ah, you know what? Do I have to? Do I, you telling me if, if, if? Do I have to believe all that? Do I have to believe a snake walked around and talked and a man got swallowed by a fish? I said, can you just believe that God cares about you and we'll just take one step at a time and figure out all that? Can you just take a baby step and say, maybe you're not a loser. Maybe you're not a waste of time. Maybe God does have a plan for you. Maybe God does love you. Even though you're not worthy of it. Even though you know that you're, you're so unworthy of a holy God's love. Can you just believe it enough to take a little baby step toward him and see what happens? You drop down to verse 21 in Romans 10. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, to save time, we're just going to read verse 21. But to Israel, he saith, all day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Gainsaying means to refuse or dispute. It means they're going to they're going to fight with you. They're going to argue. God says, I'm reaching out, but they are refusing. This is what you'll see through the word of God. And here is. I think we were talking about this very recently, and this really kind of ties on to uh, a bit of what we were teaching over the weekend. That People are so convinced that the world and, and sin has something for them, and, and that they, they got to believe, I know what's best for me, and I, I'm too proud to let go and say, God, I need saved. So they're hearing what they don't want to hear, but what they need to hear. And you'll see it from the very beginning. You see it from Cain and Abel. You see Moses. But, you know, God says Moses was a, a great man. And, and you see his leadership and so many things. Not a perfect man. He wasn't God, but he was a, a man that was faithful and a man that was chosen by God. And, and uh, he, he's made some mistakes just like you have, just like I have. Amen. But you will see in his leadership and his place where God called him at that time, uh, the vast majority were just so ready to not just pack up and say, you know what, this promised land you're talking about, this land flowing with milk and honey, this relationship that we can have with Almighty God, a special relationship, a covenant relationship, we'd rather go back and be slaves. And if you keep it up, we'll kill you and get somebody to tell us and lead us where we want to go and tell us what we want to hear. And we'll go right back to Egypt where we had it better. Remember how great they had it when they were in Egypt? Remember how much they were just excited about all the labor and the slavery? Can I tell you something? They were crying and wailing for deliverance. But so often the problem was. To submit and surrender to God and to be able to say, you know what, I, we, we were talking about earlier about the, 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 maybe the moods that we go through, the trials that we face. And every time they come to a trial, rather than say, you know what, God, I don't like it. I, I'm not excited about this. But you know what, I'm going to pray and let you strengthen me, direct me, teach me in this. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. That's not what they said. <laughs> but that's what they should have said. But continually they were murmuring, grumbling, complaining. The prophets would come and tell people, you know, God's got something better for you. Repent. Don't tell these idols that are out there. You've got a living God that loves you and that you can have a, a friendship with. You, you've got something better than everybody else in this whole, uh, in all the nations, and something that you're going to be a light to them and show them how good it can be. Don't look... For their idols, you know, he, he so many times he, he just kind of makes a fool out of them. The prophet will say, you know what? This man, he goes out in the woods, he cuts down a tree. He takes some of the wood and he fashions a God out of that wood, bows down and prays to it and says, oh, I need you to help me. I need you to provide for me. And some of the same wood he puts on the stove to cook his meal with. Right. Yeah. And. So often you see 
it, it really pulls in my heart because you really have to read the word of God and understand. Just just really put yourself into it. But God's saying, where did I fail you? When did I ever do do you wrong? You know, even when David was 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 being confronted for his sin, he said, I said, look at all the things I blessed you with. And that with and that that wasn't enough. I would have done more for you. That's just the kind of God he is. When Jesus came, he was God with us, Emmanuel. And and lived his life selflessly, lived his life as a servant, did not look for glory, did not look to be celebrated, never find himself. In fact, when the crowds start coming and they want to forcefully take him and make him king, he just kind of slips out the back door. And there they shouting, crucify him. How many people stood up and said, no, don't you understand? He healed me. He cast devils out of me. He touched my daughter and she, she was risen from the dead. And, and no, no, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Why wasn't Moses a popular man? Why wasn't Jesus, why was Jesus crucified? Because they had ears to hear, but they, they, they didn't want to hear. They didn't choose to hear. It, it takes, you know, just like in uh, Matthew 13, the sower going out to sow. That word is going to be planted. And the word is the same. The sower is the same. The seed is the same. Amen. But it's the hearts. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Because, because it takes a humility. It takes a, an ability to hear sometimes what you don't want to hear. It's not about personality. It's not about style. It's not about charisma. This book is not, you know, the, it's a multi- million probably billion dollar industry the the success books of you know how to win friends and influence people not your bible not your bible you know all that praise god for whatever it's worth you need to know this book there's where the principles of eternal life is and and listen if you see you see these these preachers these prophets and disciples and apostles standing forth and even Jesus himself in a world that it's not that they can't hear it's they won't hear because they you have to make a choice you have to be ready to say okay God I believe that your will and your way is better than all that I've tried to do in my life look what it says in 2nd Timothy 4 this is a something I, I feel that I preach quite a bit and it's something that I never feel like I'm preaching too much because really fundamentally this is where this is really where it happens if we can get over ourselves and humble ourselves and just say okay god i i i i have my opinions i have my my thoughts i have my 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 will but i've got to i've got to yield to you i've got to submit to you and sometimes pride gets in the way. You can blame a lot of things about it. You can say, well, you know, I just, you know, I just don't like the way the preacher said it. Well, they came to the altar and, and felt like they heard God. Yeah, but you know what? The angle I was sitting, you should have saw the look in his eyes. <laughs> Getting pretty picky about things, you know. I don't know if in, the, in, in eternity that's going to matter a whole lot. I don't think that's going to stand in a court of heaven and say, you know what? I just felt like, you know, he kind of emphasized a word in a way that I, I think I really knew what he's getting at. It's not about all that. It's about us humbling ourselves and say, is it right? Is it true? Right. Now, listen, I've heard preach. I've heard preachers already. I, I want to say this. I've heard preachers say, I don't care uh, if the preacher's just downright hateful. If he's telling you the truth, you need to obey it. Well, yeah, but preacher shouldn't be hateful. And I'm not given any excuse for that. But I'll tell you what, personality-wise, we could all stand to do better, I suppose. And if we get so picky on that, you know what, we're just digging our own grave. 
we really need to be sensitive to what, what God is saying to us and get past the vessel. Get past the, you know, it's kind of like 1 Corinthians uh, opens up and Paul is saying, you know, you're being so childish. Because some are saying, you know, I just like Peter. I think he's a better preacher than a lot of people. I like Paul. Paul's great. What about Apollos? I'm a Apollos fan. You don't hear much about him, but he's my favorite. You know, somebody's always got to be unique. The snowflakes like to Paulus, I suppose. You know, all those other guys are fine. But, you know, and they said, well, you ought to be listening for Jesus in every. Just, just pay attention to Jesus. Second Timothy four. Verse one, he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God. Now, this is obviously it's it's the Holy Ghost working in Paul telling us today. But God is anointing the Apostle Paul to talk to Timothy, a younger preacher, and he's charging him before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So. It just sounds like he's saying, hey, I'm serious about this, all right? I charge thee, preach the word. Be instant. Be ready. In season, out of season. That means that there's going to be days that it's just a lot tougher to have church. I like it when it just flows and it's easy and folks are praying. But there's there's a lot of times, you understand what I'm saying, when you come to church and there's some... There's some adversity going on in the service, something distracting you. It might be spiritual. It might be carnal. It might be a lot of things. But you know what? We're not ruled by that. You know, uh, you know, Jesus did what he had to do. And Judas was there. You'd be all right. You know, Revelation, it talks about they had church right there where Satan's seat was. He had some authority in that city. They were able to have a church. Preach the word. Be instant. It's up to ministry. Now, we're going to open this up. It's not, I'm not just talking about the preacher here in a bit, but let's just stay with it here. Be instant in season and out of season. We've got to, uh, it is my desire. We're talking about holding to God's unchanging hand. It's my desire that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, that I come to church and be consistent, be stable. I would hate to think that you'd have to suffer and say, I wonder what happened to him today. I wonder if he's mad because maybe his eggs were, the yolks were broken this morning for breakfast or something. And he's, he's uptight now. I don't know what's gotten into him, but whoo, I'll tell you what, I could sure tell he's had a rough day. You know, we, we need to, to, to be more mature than that. So he's saying, Timothy, be instant, be ready when it's, easy and things are flowing when it's difficult but then he goes on and says reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine there is a need for correction there's a need for reproof and rebuke i'm thankful today thankful today for men and women that are established in the church and they understand hey we're all on the same team here you know i don't know i've prayed and for years and and still pray, God, help us to have the kind of relationship that it's not some, you know, uh, ministry kind of kind of lording over somebody like a child and and making you feel. No, we're here to help you and build you up. And any kind of correction, uh, we, we want you to know we, we want to see you saved. We want to see you blessed. We want to see you effective for the kingdom of God. But that does not mean it's just always there's there's going to be times you got to hear what you don't want to hear. Well, you can go back to David is hearing, hey, I want to build a temple. And the preacher says, good, go ahead and do it. He's, oh, I spoke too soon, God. All right. Do I have to go back and tell him? Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. I, I, I messed up. I spoke too soon, David. You can't. No, you're not. You're not the one to do it. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Not off with your head. Because <laughs> you're not telling me what I want to hear. Right. There were preachers. There were kings like that. Right. Yes, sir. But, uh. It just, uh, when you recognize, hey, there's some times I think I'm doing really well and I'm doing my best, and, and you are, but just need a, a, a course correction. Right. Not a scolding, right. but help to see where you could do better yeah. and where it would be more helpful. Right. Hallelujah. 
exhort with all long. This, this is where people fail. I, I want to say 100% of the time. If it's not 100%, sure is close to it. All right, let me just throw that out. When people have to hear what they don't want to hear. Remember, we say it just about every service. Not my will, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That means sometimes my will needs to be overridden by his will. And we don't often see it. We get excited like David was excited about his will. So sometimes we need reproved or rebuked. We need corrected. Sometimes we need to see. And when people can't be humble enough, when they immediately say, I'm being attacked, you're going you're gonna to be in trouble. When you have this idea, somehow the enemy can get in there and say, he's my enemy. He's out to get me. He just, uh, he, he doesn't love me. He's trying. No. Well, wow. You can go 11 months and 29 days of just nothing but easy, easy, easy. And one time say, hey, you know, here's something, man, you've been doing so good, but it'll be better if you do this. And all of a sudden, well, Paul said it in one place. I, I think I have it somewhere here. He said, have I? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Turn with me to Galatians, the fourth chapter, Galatians 4. We're just, I, I'm getting somewhere with this. While you're turning to that, let me read the rest of this part, 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, enduring sound doctrine is what a Christian needs to do. But after their own lust, there it is. This is what I want. They heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. You know what the fables are that people want to be turned to? It's not uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It's your will is right all the time. That's the fable they'll turn to. The preacher that will be their friend sarcastic, be their buddy, and let them be assured whatever you think is the best, always. It's very foolish to want that kind of leadership in your life. It's very foolish to think for a minute that you can ever get to heaven that way. Galatians 4, verse 13, Paul is talking to the Galatians Galatians 4.13, and he says, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first. Now, I want to just throw this out here. There's a lot of questions about what Paul might have been facing. And, you know, when the way I was raised, it was mocked that there could be possibly that Paul might have had some kind of physical infirmity. It was almost like Paul could never have gotten sick. He's so got so much faith. Let me tell you, men and women of faith go through trials and need miracles. So I'm not saying that this was maybe uh, any kind of, whatever kind of infirmity it was, praise God. You know, thank God that he is the God that heals us. And sometimes we go through seasons of waiting on God and, well, that maybe that's, but Paul said, you know what? I had an infirmity of the flesh and I still preach the gospel to you. You know how I did it. And my temptation was in my flesh, and you despise not. He's reminding them, you know what? I was very weak. I wasn't feeling good. But you, you, were, you were helping me, and you were there with me. You despise not. Listen to this. Nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. He said, you know, when I was at your church, I was struggling. I was going through some things, and you treated me like I was an angel. I wouldn't have been treated any better if it was Jesus that walked in. That's a, that's a great compliment to a church. He just treated me so kindly. He says, where's that blessedness you speak of? Where'd it go? What happened? For I bear you record, if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. That's why people think maybe he had, a, had something wrong going on with his eyes at that time. He said, you know what? If it was possible, you would have given me your own eyes. That's, he's, he's complimenting them. He said, where? But where is that now? He said, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I think anybody that has ever uh, been a mom or a dad understands that. When you have to say something that, you know, it's not going to go over big. But it's right because you've got the wisdom of what's best for them. And where's all that blessedness you spoke of on my birthday? Amen. (laughs) Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? 
So we all know this. We understand this. This is something you've heard many, many times. But I want to look at something here just the next few minutes. Kind of look at the other side of the coin. So faith comes by hearing. And, and if we're going to be a Christian, if we're going to grow in God, if, if, if we're going to endure to the end, we're going to have to hear prayerfully and humbly sometimes what we don't really want to hear, but God's going to help us make it. So on the other side of the coin is there needs to be somebody that's going to be faithful and say, you know what? I hate like anything that you're looking at me like you can't stand me because I'm telling you what you don't want to hear, but I'm still going to tell you the truth. That takes courage. That takes strength that only God can give you. And that's something that the early church, we all prayed for, not just the preacher, that we all need that kind of boldness. Acts 4, 29. Uh, let me just read it to you. And he said, Lord, behold, their threatenings. They're praying. They've been threatened. Grant unto thy servants with all that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. You are now a new creature in Christ. And as much as the preacher preaches, you've got a testimony that is not always going to be well received. Now, listen, most of what I'm going to be preaching to you about here in this church, what I have preached to you about is do every be kind, be patient, be patient, be kind. And when, while you're at it, you know, be more patient. But you're still going to take a stand that's not always going to make you popular. I've had people ask me already, people in my family, well, why do you do this? Well, let me read you the Bible verse. You think I'm going to hell? Uh, I'm not condemning you like that. You ask me a question, I'm just giving you a Bible verse, and that's what we do. Uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, there's, it's, it's not easy to have that kind of conflict, to have that kind of... Uh, Adversity in your life because you care about people. You care about people more than you ever have now. You love people and not only love them, but you want them to be saved. You want to see them in heaven. You don't want them to be lost. So you don't want to push them away. You don't want to beat them to be their enemy. And you do everything you can not to push people away because we're kind and patient and patient and kind. But that still doesn't change the fact that Sometimes just your very presence, sometimes the spirit of God on you is going to conflict with their spirit. They're going to feel it before you even get this chance to say a word. You know what I mean? You're going to be in situations where just your presence is a, is a threat to the enemy. And you love people and you're being kind, but you, you're getting conflict and you don't know where it's coming from. And uh, the Bible says they prayed for boldness. Boldness. In that word that they're using there in the Greek is bluntness, outspokenness, confidence. It's not arrogance. It's not condemnation. But it's confidence. That you can live in this world and say, I know that you need this. And I love this. And I'm not backing down from it. I'm going to, I'll do anything I can to help you, but I'm not going to change the fact that I am head over heels in love with Jesus. The church needs a holy boldness, needs a supernatural boldness to stand in this last day and not cave into the peer pressures and allow people to just cause you to hide your light under uh, a bushel. Amen. We, We need to. Be able to be bold enough to, to still love Jesus and to have the wisdom to be able to be kind and patient. But never to, to be ashamed. Never to somehow hide the fact that, hey, this is, this is something. You know, Paul was able to stand. Don't you love? I, I know we refer to it pretty often. He stood before the king and said, here he is, a king. We we can't, you know, I heard a, a, a preacher years ago, Brother Larry Booker, talk about kings don't think like we do. And, and he preached a message. Uh, we, we don't really understand the power, the authority, and the wealth 
that royalty has. Not the kind, at least in this kind of century, this kind of kind of nation, really. And Paul is standing before this man who who, who could just nod and, and heads will roll. And, and, and Paul's standing there, you know, probably in rags and in chains. He's a prisoner. And he said, I wish you, I wish you had what I have. That's confidence. Yeah. You get around folks. Brother was talking earlier about his job. You get around folks that are drinking and cursing and 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 doing their drugs and and you know for what they will try to make you feel like the oddball make you feel like like you're the weird one amen but you you just stay bold hold on to your confidence don't be ashamed of yourself and after what they say I, you know i i that's smart you know you're, you're doing it the right way you hear that time and time again because it's true because they're seeing the, the fruit, the, the, the consequences of their actions. For a while, when you're young, you say, ah, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat the consequences. That's, the, that's just that. No, then you find out, well, no, this is, uh, I'm reaping some things that I've sowed. But we all need this. Listen, what the preacher has to do consistently has to look at people he loves, prays for, cries over their souls and their families, and recognizing if I preach this, they're going to go out the door. Yeah, you know, and, not, and let me put this another way, too. You know, I've had people already come and say, you know, you ought to just lay it out. And, and if they go out the door, then fine. You know, that's let God lead that in the right timing. Yeah. It's easy when you're not praying and crying over their soul and their children and to just say, you know what? If they don't like it, they can just go to go out the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and that may happen. Sometimes maybe we err on the side of patience and mercy in that, but we want to. Be, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna make enemies you, you never intended to make. That's not just the preacher; that's every one of us. This Bible is full of examples of persecution. The only reason people aren't persecuted is because you know what they 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 lose that boldness. They lose that ability to just be confident. In the presence of people that disagree with them. And sometimes we get weak. Sometimes we say, well, I'm trying to be a Christian, so I'm trying to keep peace. And what you're really doing is being a wimp. What you're really doing is you're scared of their opinion about you. You're scared of them not liking you. And that's that's not right. Look what Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, and we can find a lot of places in... Uh, that are kind of like this. Jeremiah 1. It's amazing, though. I mean, when you read in the book of Acts about them praying for boldness, they are, <laughs> help us, God, in this generation. They're not worried about, oh, nobody's going to talk about me. I'm not going to be popular <laughs> with the cool kids. You know, somebody in my family might might not, you know, treat. They were worried about getting killed. Yeah. Right. They're worried about getting beaten. Right. Yeah. yeah. They saw Jesus get crucified. Right. Talking about the most painful, humiliating way to execute somebody. Right. They, they're seeing it happen on the streets. Right. They're seeing people get stoned. Right. Can you imagine? And they're saying, God, give us boldness that we don't wimp out. That we don't hold back and not be everything you've called us to be. What's our excuse? Look what Jeremiah says in chapter 1, verse 6. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. He could speak. Yeah, he could. He's just just wimping out on God. I'm a child. Didn't Moses do the same thing? What did God say? Yeah, you can. I made your tongue. If I'm telling you to talk, I'll help you talk. Jeremiah did the same thing. I cannot speak. I'm just a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not that I am a child. Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be, listen, listen, be not afraid of their faces. Does anybody know what he's talking about? You're going to see their disappointment. You're going to see their disapproval. 
You're going to see that they don't like you anymore. You're going to see, oh, as soon as it's over, they're going to go call their friends. They're going to get online and give me a, start talking about me and cancel me. Right? I can tell by the look on their faces. I better watch it. Don't be afraid of their faces. I'm not, you know, I, I don't need to keep going back to this, but I'm telling you. 90% of the time we're going to be telling to be kind, be patient, be, be nice. But, but you are light. Don't hide that light because people are going to disapprove of you. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. You drop down to verse 17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces. Lest I confound thee before them. Don't worry about what they, how they look. Don't, don't worry about God's going to take care of that. Folks that, that reject, you know what Samuel did? He went back and cried to God. He said, God, it doesn't make any sense. They hate me. I've done everything I could. He said, they don't hate you. They come against, they've rejected me. When you stand for something, when you stand for what they need, it's not you that they're rejecting. If they're rejecting what you stand for, it still hurts. It still hurts. You still have to recognize that. But if you, you know that God has given you that kind of life that we've heard these testimonies about, and I know every one of you could give a similar testimony, and you care about people. See, the thing that people need to wake up and see is if you hide your light, I don't know a more eloquent way to put it. And you guess I'm not very eloquent. If you wimp out on your testimony and you allow them to intimidate you, the Bible says if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Then, then you become an accessory. You become complicit in their rejection because you didn't do what you could to see them saved. You got to deliver your soul. It's not just the preacher. It's every one of us that has a, a, a responsibility. The one place that said, I'm, I'm going I'm make, to make your, your head like an adamant stone. I'm going to give you a hard head, preacher. Because they are going to work you over and, and make you feel like you don't have a friend in the world. And sometimes a Christian, we feel that way. We feel so alone and so... <sighs> See people giving up and see our friends walk out the door and it's sad and it hurts. And But I'm telling you, Jesus is gives purpose and meaning in life. And you holding on and you standing firm is the hope of your family, of your friends to let them see, hey, this is real. And no matter what we're going through, look what look what the Lord has done. He's kept us. He's helped us. Amen. All the all the battles and troubles that that you face and brother Dave was talking about his grandfather, I believe, watching his family and just all that. how many years that they're just going to see a consistency, not perfect people. None of us are perfect people. Moses wasn't perfect, as we said earlier. Jesus was perfect. But seeing God just work and help you grow and help you. Just stand. You're the, you're the hope that this world has. You're the hope for your family that's not saved. You're the hope for your neighbors and your friends to 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 be that friend, but to have the strength, the confidence, the boldness. Amen. <laughs> to have that boldness to be able to say, you know what? I want you to have what I have. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to cave in. I'm just going to keep on loving God. And, and, but we got to pray for boldness. Sometimes, I'm going to just end with this. Sometimes I feel that somebody, sometimes we're, we're hurting and we're just feeling the, the, the burden of, of, of friendships and strain on relationships. And we want to be such a friend, but you can't walk sometimes the way they're walking. You can't follow them in some of the things that they're doing. And you know that because you're taking a stand, it's going to be a problem. You know just trying to do it, there's no good way to say, 
sorry, I'm, I'm, I can't. But pray for boldness. That God would stand by you. Paul said, nobody stood with me at my last trial, but God was there with me. And God's going to be there with you. We need to pray for boldness. Let's bow our heads in prayer. It can be difficult to take up the cross and follow Jesus at times. It seems even though that we've got brothers and sisters here at the church loving you and praying for you, sometimes it just hurts when you're some that you really want to see by your side sharing that with you, sharing this goodness of God with you, and and they won't. In fact, it's it's caused... Adversity, it's caused conflict. And that's the last thing you've ever wanted. Church, you keep praying. Stand. Stand with Jesus. Stand with Him and pray for His confidence in your walk. Pray that you can be that light and they can see no matter what they're saying about How you seem like you just think you're better than everybody else, holier than thou, and you just keep loving God and praying for them. Be a friend. Help them when they need help. Bless them that curse you. Pray. Pray for them that God would open their eyes to see this great salvation. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, you're so wonderful. We praise your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. I pray we would have boldness in this last day, Lord, when the enemy's fighting so hard. Lord, help us to stand with confidence in you and not to falter. Let's find a place to pray. Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
that each one of us, myself included, find that balance, find that place where we're being kind, we're being patient, but we're not compromising boldness. Too often I've seen Christians make decisions to back down, to compromise because they're afraid of hurting somebody's feelings rather than just being able to stand with the right attitude, with the right spirit, stand and just do right, shine their light and be bold, confident in who they are in God. Praying for you, church. I know it's difficult. Trust me, I understand this battle that you're fighting to to stand in this last day, shining the light, standing for truth, standing for righteousness, holiness in a day when it's so many that call themselves Christians have no real testimony of Christ-likeness. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to stand, to stand, Lord, for you. Oh, hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, we love you again. We thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for this beautiful presence, God, that we have felt from the very beginning. Bless your people now, God. Shine your light through us. Encourage and strengthen, Lord, your church to be able to stand. Lord, when they seem like they're standing alone, let them just be reassured that you're with them every step of the way. We love you. Lord, we praise you, God. Keep us safe, Lord, as we travel. Keep us safe, Lord, Lord willing, God, for this trip tomorrow. And God, just work in a great way. Keep your hand on Kevin, Lord. Lord, just work there in a miraculous way for your glory. We love you. We praise you. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.